We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Joining us now is St. Louis County Watchdog, someone we'd like to bring on to Overnight America. Tom Sullivan, how are you? I am doing fine, Ryan. How are you doing? Good. So some pretty big news in the county council meeting tonight. One of the items that you were anticipating they would address is the way that the COVID money was spent in the county. And there was a potential for an audit. There was a county councilor that brought this up. We need to know how the money was spent. And today would have been an opportunity for them to audit or at least request one. And I'm curious how that played out tonight. Well, it was introduced by Councilman Tim Fitch. It's a resolution that's requesting that the governor order an audit of the $173.5 million, what's known as the CARES money. That's the big federal grant that uh, had to do with the effects of, uh, of COVID-19. The governor uh, does not have to necessarily agree. It's up to him to decide whether he wants to uh, order it or not. And if he does order it, the state will pay for it. So there's been quite a lot of discussion over the past year about the COVID money and uh, the fact that the council basically gave their oversight authority away to county executive Sam Page, and uh, also at the same time we got a county auditor who is not who does not audit. So it's certainly a good thing that finally we're going to have some uh, possibly might have the state audit look at this. Wow, so that's a pretty big deal when the auditor becomes involved because I don't know if all major cities are auditing the money and how it was spent. I would say the county pretty unique in the sense that purposely trying to circumvent the council members in order to spend in a different way than what the council members would normally approve. And I um, I fully endorse this. I want to know how the money was spent. I believe that the people want to know how the money was spent. I'm going to guess the governor takes them up on this. I think this is a good opportunity to see how a large amount of money was uh, distributed. Well, I hope the governor does agree because there's so many questions. One of the things that Tim Fitch mentioned was there's millions of dollars was paid to some uh, consulting firm in Boston. You know, there's been millions of dollars in no-bid contracts. And we had to deal, you know, renting out or leasing out uh, entire motels. And we had the situation. Supposedly, they were setting up a morgue. So, I mean, the list just goes on and on. And there's never really been anybody that has looked into it. And certainly, there needs to be. 
You know, I was looking through this Boston consulting firm in the document that I think was discovered. I can't remember what news agency, if it was KMOV, but one of them posted it online to view. And I was going through it. It was the most generic thing. I don't think it really spoke to our area. It was just basically, here's some guidance and here's some ideas of things you can do. They defended it, saying that we could save some money in the county. But I would uh, say that it wasn't worth the money we spent. And then it was later found out that this company... I don't know if you saw this report, is also very much equipped to guide areas when it comes to city-county mergers, like big, large government mergers. So now the question is, um, how did that play into it, as in um, if if there was some other motivation of hiring this company, if, if something else was involved that we don't know about on the on that level? I don't know if you saw those reports. I did not, but that was certainly... Uh... Uh, raise a lot of eyebrows. You know, the county executive, Sam Page, he kind of wa- walks a tightrope on it. On, I think there's no question he thinks that the city and the county should merge. But on the other hand, he kind of is reluctant to say that. There was a there was a, mer- there was a uh, resolution tonight praising Tashara Jones that was introduced by uh, Lisa Clancy, who's one of uh, the county executive's allies. And it was also noted that the county executive was at the uh, inauguration of, of uh, Tashara Jones today. So, oh, and before that, she has also uh, suggested that maybe St. Louis County ought to have a herding stacks. That does not go over good at all. So there's always these questions about there is is there is there um, a move underway to uh, quietly try to try to merge the city and the county, and uh, that's always a suspicion that's been around. And this one with with the consulting group will raise it even more. That particular the invoices sent by that company, by the way. Uh, we're not itemized, as you mentioned. They're they're vague. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty big deal. And the way that the county council voted on it, what was the breakdown of the audit vote, the, the county council members that requested it, and who are the ones that didn't want to see it? Well, it's it's basically the way the county is uh, is divided now. It's, it's those that are Sam Page allies and, and those who are not. The four who voted for it are Councilwoman Days, uh, Councilwoman Webb, and then Councilman Fish and Councilman Harder. Ones voting against it were were Councilman Ernie Trakis, and then Councilwoman Days, and then Councilwoman uh, Clancy. She abstained. So it was four to one. I see. So one of these audits, they're pretty expensive, uh, from what I understand, at least when you do a governmental audit. So something like this could be pretty pricey, but the you said that the state of Missouri would pick it up if the governor decides to take them up on it? Right, the state picks it up. I, I, I think it would be well good money spent, regardless of uh, even if the county had had to pay for it. But it's just, just as this is a specific audit, so I mean it's not like where they they go in and do an entire city or an entire county. This is very specific to the CARES money only. So I don't imagine it's going to cost something, but I don't think it's going to be. Uh, quite as much as, as if you were doing the whole county. Hmm. What was the attitude? Was it heated? Was it just, okay, let's take a vote. We know how this is going to turn out. Basically, when they had discussion on this item, how did it sound? No, it was a pretty warm discussion. Uh, there's people who are trying to do defending Sam Page. I don't think he wants a, a state auditor anywhere near this, but they're trying to say that, well, there's going to be a federal audit anyway, and then there's some that are saying that uh, this is a political theater and so, I mean, that's that's the way that sort of the, the council is divided now among uh, Sam Page allies and those who are not Sam Page allies. So it, it kind of it kind of broke out uh, as you would expect. Anything else notable from the meeting tonight? Well, an ongoing issue is is this, it came 
up at the at last week's meeting this question of having a moratorium on evictions. They had a they had a um, committee of the whole meeting on that since the last uh, council meeting, and uh, the people from the represent landlords they came on and were raising quite a bit of fuss. They're saying it's actually going to hurt more than it helps because they're talking about how they have there's tenants who are not paying rent because they feel like they got it they got a free pass. And uh, a lot of these landlords are saying we've carried this thing now for over a year. It's killing us. Uh, we need to have uh, we need to have some relief. And as long as you have the moratorium on evictions, then they say their tenants don't even try to pay. So that's going to be uh, that was brought up tonight uh, during the public comments. And there's going to be a revised bill. So I would imagine that's going to be uh, further discussion on that before next week's council meeting. Well, you know, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and joining us here is Tom Sullivan. One of the things about this audit, I'm going to go back to this for a moment because it was something that's been unfinished business, at least in my mind. And I know that you've been wondering why in the world, according to the way the uh, charter is set up, is how can the county executive continue to have a job when it says that they're not allowed to in the sense that your sole purpose of being the county executive is to you know be the county executive so the other part that i think has been on the table that hasn't been discussed too much is the potential of a conflict of interest so he has a certain business dealing with a certain hospital group and because that he's employed and works under a certain umbrella there may have been some preferential treatment when it came to some of this covid money now that has been brought up as a question and been dismissed of course from Sam Page. But I think during an audit, things like that could really come out. I think if you were to see, okay, here's how the money was spent. Uh, was there proper bidding? Was there proper process that went in? And was there preferential treatment based on perhaps something that he has as a side employment? That needs to be addressed as well. Well, that, that issue has been raised. And uh, like you say, Sam Page has, has more or less dismissed it. But that would be a, a prime example of something that the, that the state auditor ought to look into. There is no question that there's been uh, favorable treatment towards uh, some organizations, and I don't think there's any question that, that uh, some of the spend- expenditures uh, were made in order to further the political interests of Sam Page. So I'm all for the, the state audit if, they, if uh, the governor decides. Let's do it. I hope they take it up. I think it's important. I think transparency is important. I think Governor uh, Parson um, should do it sooner than later because there's going to be more spending around the corner. And I think it's such a unique thing where the county council decided to give up their ability of oversight. That was such a terrible move. And it put them in this position, self-inflicted. They know it was a mistake. They're doing everything they can to rectify it because there needs to be accountability for that money. And at least their hands are washed of it if there was some bad spending there. So they got nothing to lose. If anything, I think the people and the taxpayers need to know that their money was uh, handled appropriately. And during a time of COVID, a time when a lot of people were in need and hurting, they'll be pretty upset if they look back and find out that the money was spent inappropriately or ways that didn't actually help anyone and may have gone to, uh, you know, may have gone in ways that they would not have approved or no one would approve if the county council had anything to say. So this is important. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best. So what are Just one other thing. Is there anything else left on the table, some things that we could look forward to in the future that may be addressed soon in the county council? Well, there's uh, several other issues that are going on. One is, of course, as I've discussed before, is the redevelopment of Jamestown Mall in North County. This has been an issue for uh, over 10 years. Uh, before the mall even closed, people were saying, you know, what's going on with it because it was declining. The St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, the Economic Development Partnership, 
uh, is the one who's handling it. And as I mentioned, they've they sent out a request for proposals. They only got two proposals and one withdrew. So there's only one. They said in the beginning of last month that in six weeks we're going to let you know what the proposal is. We're now up to the seventh week, and uh, there's still no proposal. I mentioned that at the council meeting tonight. So that's one of the things that uh, you know that's that's going to be coming up in the in the near future. But also Charlie Brennan raised the issue just this week about all the trash over in Wilson by Normandy High School. It's incredible that it got this piles and piles of trash and uh, nobody's doing anything about it. This again is the economic development partnership because the county actually owns a lot of the uh, properties that have been foreclosed on. The the county owns 50 different properties in that immediate neighborhood and like 150 around Wellston. So uh, how they can allow this to go on is uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just incredible. Yep. Well, thanks for giving us a check-in of what happened tonight. Such a big development, and I really hope that this audit comes through. I'm glad that the county council voted the way they did, and let's hope that this comes through. Tom Sullivan, uh, thank you for joining us on Overnight America. Thank you for having me, Ryan. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America. KMOX. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. Wow, that was a great interview with Tom Sullivan. Yes, get that audit. Get that audit. Turn it into a game show. Get that audit. You know, actually, we're going to be talking to the head of product at Invisibly. They have a survey out about how consumers react to uh, you know, the products that they buy, the companies they do business with based on how they treat the employees. I thought it was an interesting thing. So Invisibly, a local company here in St. Louis, they do different surveys. And this was uh, an interesting one that I decided to get, bring them on the show. We'll do that a little bit later. So Donald Trump, President Donald Trump um, was on with Sean Hannity and was talking about the different uh, things that are going on in the country and a few things that he was teasing and everyone asks him every time if he's going to run for re-election in 2024, saying that he's studying the idea, uh, declined to comment if he's going to make the leap or not. I really don't know. My gut feeling says that he's not going to. I feel like he's going to be up there in age and it's going to be such a vicious cycle yet again. I think the best thing he can do is find people that align with some of the initiatives in the different policies that were important to him and say, if this was important to you, this is who you should vote for. I feel like him getting behind someone would be a good thing. And I feel like that's the only way Republicans are going to be able to get back in, mostly because I feel if it were to be Donald Trump again, could be another repeat where who knows what happens. And do we want to go through all of this again? It's a big rodeo. I think if you push that to the side and try to make it so it's less of a circus, that he can still be very effective in politics without being the sitting president of the United States and try to get or at least throw his support behind someone that's not afraid to make a stand because there's got to be more politicians on the Republican side that are willing to take a stand and not bow down to the mob. It's just uh, happening over and over and over again. So Donald Trump was on with Sean Hannity. Let me play this real quick. Uh, Trump with Hannity on Joe Biden. Let's start with Joe Biden. Now, I get criticized because the Joe Biden I see now, I can show you tapes of him in 2016. I could show you tapes of him in 2012. And to me, he looks extraordinarily weak, frail, 
I think it's very transparent. He's struggling cognitively. Well, well in fairness, his aide said that the wind, it was yeah. very windy. The wind might have blown him over. Did the wind ever blow you over when you well, were? All right, so he's talking about the health of Joe Biden, which I think is very much a topic, and I think it also is a very much a concern. When I look at Joe Biden, I don't look at someone that's in a good physical health or mental health. Maybe physical health, but not a good mental health. And when you have to hide the president and you're afraid to have him talk to reporters without looking down and reading a script, when it's, you know, easily you'd find him tripping upstairs and losing his train of thought and you don't know where he's going and saying to his aides, I don't know what I'm doing here, things like that. Anyone that's had a family member who has had a mental decline sees these exact same things in Joe Biden. That's part of the thing. That's that's part of the problem. So there is a concern there. And I think when it comes to the president of the United States, it's very much something that the White House is hiding. And I know that's not a popular opinion, and I know it's not one that you're allowed to say, but it's just my observation. So uh, I guess let's see what Donald Trump says about it. Wind. It was yeah. very windy. The wind might have blown him over. Did the wind ever blow you over when you well, were? Well, Air Force One is a very big plane, and usually what they try and do is shield the wind. Let me ask the question from this perspective, because there are hostile regimes and many hostile actors on the world stage. I'm sure they're studying Joe Biden. Do you are knowing what you know, things that I wouldn't know? Are you concerned about their perception of an American president that seems somewhat frail and weak? Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, another question. When you're the president, he has done some things where he's said, OK, we're going to stand up to China, as in not the same way as Donald Trump stood up. I mean, he actually stood up, but he's saying like, all right, we're going to you know, not go along with what's going on with these human rights violations. That's a good sign. I mean, that's you have to look at that and say, this is what we want, right? This is we're in agreement that there's some pretty terrible things that go on there. Uh, when you have the diplomats meeting inside of Alaska and they're talking about things and it's contentious because they're not giving in to all the demands of China. That's a good thing. We shouldn't be given into the demands of China. So you give them credit. You say, this is what we want. This is actually, we're on the same side. But then you turn around and you look at it and say, uh, well, you can say that these things are going down, but do you really believe that it's going to be a long-term strategy for them? The long-term strategy for them is we're going to find ways to bribe other countries to do the things they want with your tax dollars. We're going to drop off big pallets of money. We're going to just trust that Iran is doing what they say they're doing. You know, we're going to all these other things doesn't give you a lot of confidence that there's a lot of staying power with some of these uh, policies. But then again, when he's only been office for a couple of months and the main concern has been COVID, you haven't really seen a lot on the foreign policy side. But we do know that getting back into the Paris Accord and, you know, buddying up with the World Health Organization, organizations that have really burnt us a lot over the last year, doesn't give you confidence that on the world stage, he's going to be looking over America's best interest. I think in a way, he's going to say their argument, I think, is going to be the best interest of the earth is the best interest of the United States. So that's why we're doing these things. But ultimately, it's a roundabout way to say we we're um, going to allow all of these other violations and we're going to allow these comp uh, other countries to take advantage of the United States because the greater good is that, uh, hey, we want whatever the policy is, the same thing when it comes to, you know, fill in the blank. And then they'll look at it as a win when really most Republicans, per se, 
would not. Uh, Donald Trump uh, also asked about the future of the GOP as part of this interview on Fox. The Republicans have to unify. The Democrats are always, they may have bad policy, but they don't, you don't have a Romney. You don't have a little Ben Sass. You don't have these people over there. Or Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski's a disaster. I mean, she's a total disaster. And he's right about that. The GOP needs to unite. Will they unite over a Donald Trump? They will not. This is why I think he won't run for re-election in 2024. I think what he's waiting for is for the Republican Party to say, we've grown a backbone, all right? We're, we're done with this wishy-washy. We're done with this, uh, you know, playing around stuff because we have to get our act together. And under a Donald Trump, it's just not going to happen. As in, you're still going to have all of these, you know, you're, you're still going to have the Mitt Romneys. You're still going to have the Murkowskis and things like that. You're still going to have that. You got to find a way to get rid of that if you're going to get back into the majority. And that has to be the main goal. And if you're going to be a Donald Trump and that is something that you witness and you've seen and you want that to happen, then you have to realize for the sake of it all, you're going to have to be the one to take that first step and say, I'm not running for reelection, but I'm not going to support someone that is going to act like a Mitt Romney. We're not supporting those people. We need to support the ones that are going to be going to be solid when it comes to their beliefs and the things that he set up to begin with. So when we come back after the break, we're going to take a look at your weather. And Dr. Don Vaughn's joining us. He's the head of product at Invisibly. A new survey is out talking about consumers and how they react to different companies' policies and the way they treat their employees. Kind of an interesting look. And the, the results may surprise you a little. It's Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. He is the head of product at Invisibly, also a new survey that's out reacting to how employees are treated and how that affects the consumer's mindset. Dr. Don Vaughn, how are you? Doing good, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. It's an interesting thought. How do consumers react when they know the employees are treated better? Because I think most consumers, at least traditional logic would be, if it's cheaper, I'm going to go shopping there. But that's not always the case, it sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly what we're finding. You know, just to be real clear, people still love low prices. And when we say what's the most important thing on when you purchase at a particular shop, it's price. Mm -hmm. And that's where most people are at. But you might be surprised to find that you know, not too far behind, it's how places treat their employees. And so we asked a couple questions, you know, visibly as a, we were like a market research firm. And so we do some, uh, some polls online. And what we found was that 72% of the thousand people that we respond, that we asked across America, said that they're more likely to shop at a, a store that paid um, their employees a little bit extra during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hmm. So was this primarily looking at brick and mortar, so the places you can go into and shop, or was this also online retail? Both. Yeah, all of the above. So we didn't distinguish between them. And what you know, I think what's so interesting is that you might say, well, that's nice. Probably the younger generation just trying to get, uh, you know, all all pro and, you know, helping people out. But it's not that way. It was true across all age groups, whether you're, uh, you know, 18 to 24 or 55 plus. We still see, you know, 60 to 70 to 80 percent of people say they're more likely to shop at a store if they pay their employees, in this case, a $16 minimum wage versus a $12 minimum oh. wage. So looking at the state of Missouri, other places have different thresholds, but on a yeah. federal level, they're looking at a federal $15 an hour minimum wage. So in general, people, it sounds like based on this survey, you can draw a conclusion. Maybe uh, you would be able to draw the conclusion that a lot of people would prefer to have a higher minimum wage, federally speaking. Yeah, I think there, I mean... I think when you ask, you know, when you ask me or anybody else, I think most people would say, yeah, that, that who wouldn't want to pay people more? I kind of worry about, honestly, the implication, though, if everything's being automated and now we're forced to pay employees more, if you're a shop owner and you're sort of barely making it, are you thinking, okay, well, sure, I'll pay my employees a $16 minimum wage, but I'm only going to employ 40% as many people and the rest are going to be AI-driven chatbots and robots? Or... What we saw, I guess, a couple of years back with the Obamacare ruling, they just cut the hours. So they put it basically yeah. put it to a threshold where they would be able to save by not offering insurance, which ultimately speaking, not great for the employee because insurance is a very important thing to have. So I guess yeah. that would say that there are some different uh, gives and takes depending on the business side. And as part of this survey, too, I, I thought about my own personal consumptions yeah. and what was important to me and some of the larger purchases I've made recently. And I've upped graded my home studio recently. I bought a mm -hmm. new soundboard. 
and that is about a five hundred dollar soundboard. I bought a new microphone. It's about a five hundred dollar microphone. And Sound there's a lot, lot of options to pick from. And ultimately, when I was doing the research, one of the things that really spoke to me was how I'll be handled after the purchase. So is it going to be a hassle if something goes wrong? Is it going to be easy to work with that company if something goes wrong? So the customer service side of it was super important to me, mostly because I do a lot of online shopping, and some of these places are very specialized. Like, you know, this microphone, you just can't walk into any uh, any place and find a, one like that. It's a specialized thing. So when it comes to... You know, the the treatment of employees, sure. What about when it comes to customer service, things like that? Some of the things we traditionally think of that helps make people's decisions in purchasing. Yeah, I'll rattle them off. So overwhelmingly, lowest prices, number one. Number two, selection and availability. So is the item in stock? How many different, in your case, what a great example. Do you have this specialty microphone or not? That's your determining factor. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter if you don't have the mic in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three uh, treating and paying their employees well. So as we were talking about number four, shipping delivery pickup options. So mm-hmm. people want to know, you know, uh, how much is it going to cost? What's the shipping? But the truth is a lot of shops now are offering, uh, you know, really a lot more cheap shipping since Amazon led the, the, the way on that. And then, you know, good customer service. Also, uh, also, you know, significant number of people said that too. 12% of people like you said, that's, what's going to make the difference for me. And that's interesting because when I think about Amazon, there's a lot of articles in the news that talk about how they treat their people. A lot of uh, disgruntled Amazon workers, but they still find themselves working. And I think to myself, okay, the person that's delivering my packages may be using their van also as a bathroom. Like that's a common thing they say with some of these drivers. They can't find places to stop off and they're, you know, really gross things. Don't think, okay, they're handling my package. That's not a great way to treat them if they're on a tight deadline and they're not getting breaks, things like that. But I still find myself purchasing from Amazon. So it's interesting because I think mentally speaking, sometimes it's a mindset that we really need to take these things into consideration. Another case in point, I guess, starting the last couple of decades, we started to look where our products were coming from. If we looked at it and said, okay, everything was made in China versus something made in the United States, some people make a purchase decision on that too. So they think about, okay, the livelihood of the person that's making it, or are we going to support someone that's basically slave labor in another country because they could have been farming it out to one of their camps. So people make decisions on that too. I think knowing who made it and if they're supporting an American job, that was important to them. It kind of plays into that too. I think that's, I think that's right. You know, most, you know, first thing I think people are thinking prices, but when it's kind of, I don't know about in your face, but when you walk into a shop and they post, Hey, we pay our workers a living wage or a $16 or $12 minimum wage. It looks like that does have an effect on people, you know, all else equal people want brands that do that and don't just, pocket the profits and send it out to execs to have, you know, extra private plane flights. Yeah. So under the conventional thinking would be if you're younger, you're not making as much money or you have a lot more debt, student debt, things like that. If you're older, you may have grown a little bit of wealth for yourself. So you have some more disposable income. So if you're older, are you more inclined to perhaps go to one of these stores? They know someone's treated better. They could pay a little bit more because of that. Or is it, is it not matter among the age? No, that's exactly it. We see a definite, exactly fitting your hypothesis that, uh, we find if you're, you know, under 18, then 60, about 69%, 68, 69% of people are, you know, going to say that they're more likely to shop at a, uh, at a store that, you know, give their employees extra during uh, the COVID pandemic. And if you're older, let's say 41 to 55, that number goes up 
from 69% to 77%. So just like you said, if you're older, probably have a little more disposable income, you can you really factor that into, mm-hmm. you know, how you interact with brands. And, you know, we partnered with this company called Verity and their, their hypothesis, I think, sort of fits in here, which is like, you know, everything, there's brand equity, like brands that, you know, do good things to the world are interesting. You, you're, you will pay a premium for it. Maybe not on every age demographic, but at some point you will. Dr. Don Vaughn, head of product at Invisibly, and I'm curious the background of this survey. So what made you want to conduct this survey? You partnered with another company. Were they mostly curious or were you guys curious too? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a scientist by training, so pretty pretty curious about, you know, how people think about other people and how we all interact. I mean, um, but I would say it's definitely driven by this other company, Verity, who's, you know, it's kind of like, how do you measure, like if you're how do you get companies, I think is the question, to make really good decisions that actually benefit all of society and don't, like I said, just put money in execs' pockets. And some of that is like, how do you, how do you measure that when you say, hey, you know, we are, uh, we're not gonna, you know, we use clean renewable energy and we don't uh, do any emissions and we don't pollute our local environment. H- how do you, you know, if you're an exec, you gotta make that call and it's like, okay, that's gonna cost us more, but what's my return? Kind of tough to measure. So the idea is like, how can you measure how consumer sentiment changes? Like how you feel about a company changes when you have these kind of like intangible brand outcomes that were like, oh, okay, I love this brand. What does that translate to? So we're kind of trying to close that gap of when you do things that really do benefit employees, and but they the, but they raise your bottom line and how much your costs are. That does translate to people actually wanting to spend more money with you and and favor you as a brand. Yeah, I think that's that smart. And as a business owner, I also think that a lot of times consumers think about the things that may be auxiliary to their decision of making a purchase. And I think a lot of times people are getting tired of the political messaging. So a company feels like they have to get behind a certain cause and then alienate the side that's not for that cause. But I think if you say we're going to make sure our our minimum wage at the company is $16 an hour, that doesn't alienate a cause or anything like that. All it does is make sure you know you value your customers and you value your employees. So it's, it's not going out there making any sort of political statement to try to get some attention. I think that's a real safe way for people to show that you are a company you want to do business with. Yeah. You know, I hadn't even thought about it, Ryan. It's it's kind of tough to be a, a, a company in the public eye right now because you do one side, one thing, you know, one way, one side hates you, the other way, the other side hates you. Uh, so mm-hmm. kind of doing something like raising what you're paying your employees. I can't imagine anybody's too angry about that. No. So if people wanted to learn more about the survey or some of the things you do at Invisibly, where can they go? Yeah, they want to learn more about this or how people are, you know, choosing to get vaccinated for coronavirus and what they think of Biden. You can go to invisibly.com. Very easy. You guys have been making a big splash lately, make getting a lot of uh, attention. So congratulations to you guys. Thanks a bunch, Ryan. I just think, you know, it's good to get your finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. That's great. Dr. Don Vaughn is the head of product at Invisibly. Thank you for coming on to Overnight America. Thanks for having me, Ryan. We'll see you next time. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Got a couple of minutes here. I wanted to read this one tweet I put out there, and I was actually kind of surprised by the poll. It had 50 votes in it. And I was thinking about it this morning. Do you eat the end pieces on a loaf of bread? So when you have a loaf of bread, do you find yourself, okay, I'll just take the end piece first, eat it, and then you just go through down the line? Or do you put your hand past the end piece 
and you eat a middle piece and then eventually it gets to the end and there's only end pieces left. Do you eat those? I'll, I'll tell you what I normally do. I give those to the dog. <laughs> I say, here you go. Have a little bread treat. Maybe put a little peanut butter inside of it. She loves it. It's a nice little treat. I don't always eat the end pieces. Sometimes I will. It doesn't taste bad if you toast it with a little bit of butter and jelly or something like that in the morning, which uh, I like to do once in a while. We got this plum jelly at the house, which is pretty delicious. But technically, I, if I'm making a sandwich, I don't use it for a sandwich. There's only certain things I use the end pieces for. So when I ask this online, do you eat the end pieces of a loaf of bread? 58% said yes, which surprised me. I thought that would be in the minority. I didn't think that the 58% would be in the majority when it came to the vote. So in case you're wondering, uh, that exists and end pieces are pretty popular among this audience, just so you know, in case you've ever wondered to yourself. A couple of things that are going on in the news. We saw that today the city of St. Louis had Jashar Jones sworn in as mayor. And if you missed any part of that ceremony, Kevin Klein was covering it. You can go to KMOX.com and see that for yourself. And I think that I it's almost like there was this lingering this lingering piece of news that her first order of business would be dealing with potential riots, violence, police shootings, things like that, because of what happened in the Derek Chauvin case. Now, let's say that he was found not guilty or they came through and there was a mistrial or whatever it is. And let's say that they took the advice of Maxine Waters and they were getting confrontational shooting at police and all of these things across different major metropolitan cities. Luckily, it looks like all the news coming out of Minneapolis, things have been peaceful. I haven't seen or heard of anything here in St. Louis. Luckily, she doesn't have to encounter that on her first night as mayor of the city of St. Louis. Now, it doesn't mean that in the future something won't pop up or something won't happen where there could be these issues. But I was worried that first day in, something like that would happen. Another thing you can find at KMOX.com, small earthquake shakes part of St. Louis County overnight. Why is it that it's never when I'm on the air? I, I don't know if I would like this, but let's say I'm sitting in my basement and I feel things shaking. My first thought would be, is there a semi that just drove by or a dump truck or something like that? What would actually cause that? It was a 2.4 magnitude quake hit around Eureka at 2.38 a.m. Now, that was after I was off the air. So I slept right through it. If it, it I don't know. I'm... Not saying that I'm someone that's super sensitive. I used to be able to know if my phone was vibrating from like 50 yards away. I could be able to hear or feel whatever it was. If my hand was on the table and it was far away, I'd be able to feel it. Uh, so I was able to tell. And I think a lot of people have these certain senses. But when it's like a 2.4, it's a hit or miss. Not everyone feels those things. It's not enough to wake you up in the middle of the night. Maybe some people listening right now were up at 2.30 in the morning and they felt it in the county. They knew it happened and then they read in the news, oh, I guess there was an earthquake. And they wondered what it was. Like, who's doing construction this late? Who's working on whatever this late? Who's driving by? Who dropped something? But when it came to the Richter scale, pretty low. There have been 11 recorded responses to the small earthquake, including St. Charles County, in parts of South and West St. Louis County, where the highest level being three on the intensity map, three being pretty weak, meaning no damage, um, not much in the way of shaking. Scale goes up to 10 plus if you see this sort of thing. So the 2.4 magnitude quake originated 
south of 44 near 66 State Park and just west of the Merrimack River. It was reported at about 10 miles down. Pretty exciting, right? They have that one earthquake simulator inside of the St. Louis Children's Museum, you know, the Science Center, I should say, excuse me. And you can stand on the thing and they say, here's what it feels like. And you hold on to the bar and the bar and the floor vibrate. And it's kind of a cool little gimmicky type of thing. And people like it. Kids like it. Not a bad thing for adults either. And it gives you an idea of what it feels like. And you're like, okay, this is could be pretty scary. Luckily, here in this area, we don't necessarily have to uh, worry that our entire state's going to break off and go into the ocean like California one day. So we don't have to really worry about that. But nonetheless, it's a reminder that you have to be cautious. And earthquake insurance, it's not always there. Some people, when they hear stories like this, the first thing they think of is, I better check my policy. I don't remember if I'm covered for earthquakes. Because you probably aren't. And most likely because it's not much of a risk. So you know why pay all that money for something that's not much of a risk? All right, so the Missouri House passed a bill for stronger punishments for what they call porch pirates, and rightfully so. They are the worst of the worst. I feel like if you catch a porch pirate in the act, you should be able to, well, I don't know. What, what would be the appropriate uh, punishment? I guess we'll talk about that after the break. It's Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.